Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I am Dori Shafrier. And we are not experts. We're not, but we're two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Welcome to the show. If you want to uh, find links to everything we mentioned here, you can visit our website, forever35podcast.com. Our Instagram is at forever35podcast. And you can find more of the Forever 35 community on Facebook in our group where the password is serums. You can also shop our favorite products at shopmy.us slash forever35. Sign up for our newsletter at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter. Call or text us at 781-591-0390. Email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. And I know we mentioned this on the last episode, but just a reminder about our giving circle for Virginia. We are trying to prevent that supermajority. So head on over, give what you can, $5, $10, whatever. It all helps. Thank you. It all helps. It all helps. The link is in the show notes and on our website. Well. Dory, hello. Hello, Kate. Long time no talk. Yes. JK, we literally just <laughs> recorded a, an episode like two oh. seconds ago. But I just got back from my fam- my kids' spring break trip that I was on. You did. Um, and so like normally when one of us is kind of on vacation, it gets a little quiet, you know? Yes. It's yes. like uh, when your office mate is gone and their cubicle yes. is dark. <laughs> It's so true. It's true. And you're about to you're about to leave on a little trip. So I'm preparing to to be lonely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, but I just have to say that I had a really wonderful vacation with my family that I felt was very nourishing and really positive. And I'm coming out of it just feeling really inspired and energized. And happy, which I find travel very stressful. And I thought for sure this trip was going to be that. And we had stressful moments. Sure. Um, but we, my husband took the lead here and planned a road trip through the Southwest for our family. I did we love none that. of the planning. So I really love appreciate that. him doing the labor on that one. Okay. And we just had a blast. Um, And I saw parts of the country that I had never seen before. We went to a bunch of national parks. 
We went to Zion. Cool. Arches, Canyonlands, the Grand Canyon. We went to Sedona. I hiked to a vortex. I mean. I did, as mentioned in a previous episode, ride a mule on the edge of the Grand Canyon and did receive a text from you (laughs) in the middle of it. And I think I wrote. On the mule. And I think I wrote, I'm on a fucking mule right now. You did. Well, because I didn't know, you know, sometimes I'm like, is is there a crisis or is everything okay? Because if if it's not a crisis, like if we're just talking about like, should I start using this sunscreen? I'm going to respond later. But if it's a crisis, like if I'm on a mule and some a friend needs me, I'm going to be there. Look, I appreciate that, but I did really laugh when I got that text because you also sent a picture and I was like, oh, she's really on a mule. <laughs> she's not joking. She's not no, getting out here. <laughs> I am a horse girl turned mule girl. But yeah, I just, I, I just had a, like our national parks are just such a freaking treasure. And um, it was just really magical to get to be like out in these spaces and get to experience them. We went through Monument Valley and I just, I just loved every second of it. Um, That is so cool. It was very cool. It rained almost the entire time. um, And we camped out a couple nights, which was very cold, but you know, we, Mm. we had, we really had fun as a family too. There was like minimal fighting, which never happens. So I'm feeling inspired. By the Southwest. Well, okay, I am going to take some of the that warm and cozy familial vacation feeling, and I'm going to try and bottle it for my own family vacation that is coming up this week. Because, as you know, you know people like to say that traveling with young children, it's never a vacation; it's a trip. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I've heard that. I've experienced it. Uh, you have, and so it it does sort of like hearten me to hear that. It sounds like you really had like a vacation, like it was active, but but it wasn't stressful in the way that going on a trip with a young child is stressful. So that is encouraging to me as the parent of a young child. Um, but what I will say is that Henry is a very we're going to New York. Henry is very excited. No, Dory. And keeps talking about it and like what are we going to do in New York and like oh, Dory. we're going to ride the subway <sighs> and I told him we're going to go to a building that has a 100 floors and he is just like his little mind I think is going to be blown. And so I I don't think that I'm going to have quite the same experience as you, but I do think he's now old enough that it's it's not like I'm going to be able to see him appreciating New York, I think, in mm-hmm. a way that like he just wasn't capable of even like a year ago. It's not going to be like the time where your flight to New York was sent to Buffalo and then Henry oh threw God. up and then you slipped and fell in the throw up. Oh, my God. Because that I, is a real thing that happened to you and I will never I, forget it. I don't think it's going to be like that. <laughs> I don't. I hope. It's that was one of the that. worst travel stories I've ever heard of anybody. It was it was next level. Was truly, truly. Truly next level. <sighs> um well speaking of t- travel. Oh, I see what you did there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because our guest today has a new book coming out that involves time travel. Mm-hmm. We are just going to jump right into things because Let's do it. our guest today is 
a dear friend of both of ours, both in real life and as a guest on this podcast. We are talking to Maureen Gu. You have heard her on this show before. She always brings the wit and the wisdom and the lipsticks. I mean, she just comes equipped with everything. Uh, she does. Well, she is a list, as we discuss in our chat with her, she is a listener of the pod, which I think does always help. Yeah, she like fully knows what's going on in this she pod knows world. What's up. Yeah. Um, if you are tuning in to Maureen for the first time, let us tell you a little bit about her. She is an author who grew up here in Los Angeles. She studied communication at UC San Diego and then received a master's in publishing, writing, and literature at Emerson College. And before publishing her first book, which is titled Since You Asked, she worked in both textbook and art book publishing. Mm -hmm. She lives here in Los Angeles with her husband and her son and mm -hmm. a very cute cat. Uh, and her new book is really freaking great. It is called Throwback. It comes out April 11th. It is a book that involves time travel back to the 90s and really it's, hit my sweet spot. You it, know? It's like it scratches <laughs> our itches. Um, it really does. And it's just wonderful. We're so excited for the world to get to read it and to get to hear our conversation. Yeah. Without further ado, here is Maureen. Oh, our guest today is Maureen Goo. Maureen, as I think I said to you in a text or email, you're you're like the Steve Martin to our SNL or like the Tom Hanks, if you will. <laughs> You're a repeat guest. You've been a guest host. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You like, you might be the most recurring podcast and we don't have a lot of recurring guests, but you're just special. Um, I am honored. I love this for myself. <laughs> I listen to every single episode of your show. So it's like, um, I feel very territorial actually about your podcast. So I'm glad to, I'm, I'm going to be competitive with your other guests. <laughs> well, and you like also legitimately listen to the podcast, which is a feat. Yes. I think like not every, no, like, uh, no shade, like listening to a podcast is work and commitment and like it takes time. So I'm very honored that we, are still a part of your life, your your podcast life. Like we're part of your human life also, but in your podcast life. I listen to like four podcasts and only those four podcasts. And it's like the most consistent thing about my life. But I feel like, and you guys have three episodes a week. It's like, for me, it's not even work at all to listen to your podcast. It's just would like you, uh, my break. Would you say that podcasts are self-care? for you. Oh, good segue. Um, mm, good. I like that. Yes, story. they are. And in fact, um, in my book, I thank my favorite podcasters because I really think they saved my sanity during the pandemic and during pregnancy and everything. Who so are, yes, you guys can find I'm, your names like, in the back of throwback. I'm not going to like assume <laughs> that we're in there, but okay. Um, who, who are the other podcasters that you, that were real lifesavers for you or what other shows rather? It's going to be funny because to me, you guys are like an obvious podcast of comfort. Um, but then the other podcasts are like film podcasts. So I listen mm. to you. I listen to 
the Empire podcast, which is the podcast based on the British film magazine. I'm obsessed. I feel like those guys are my friends. They don't know me. I'm like I those embarrassing parasocial people online with them where I like respond to their tweets and they're like, okay. Uh-huh. Um, you send DMs that go unanswered. Yeah. I do that with some people. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I swear I'm a person. Um, and then I listen to Blank Check, uh, which is also a film podcast. And then the other one that I really oh, um, you're wrong about. Oh, yeah, so good those one. were the four that really kept me afloat during the past few years. And then every once in a while, I have other ones that I might dip into, but not as religiously. And then right now, now, because there's all these good TV shows back on, I listen to the Prestige um, TV podcast um, uh, from The Ringer. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I feel like The Ringer, The Ringer's podcasts are like the pop culture gold standard. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I love um, Joanna Robinson. So now mm-hmm. that she's over there, it's like, yes, I will follow her. Oh, yes. And the other podcast I listened to a lot during the election was Pod Save America. Um, but I had to kind of stop, like for my mental health of like, after we, 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 like me and Joe Biden won the election. <laughs> I, I was like, and now my brain needs a little break. Yeah. 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 I did that too. Where yeah. like there's their political podcasts that I like tune into for two years and then like I break up with them and then we get back together. NPR yes. political pod, yeah, around political roundtable. Yeah, there's a there's a whole list I'll be tuning back into. I'm sure, and I I do check in time to time. But sometimes I think that mental health break is important because the uh, echo chamber and the noise is so intense nonstop. Yeah. And then do you know what's fun is when you take a break and then you go back and you're like, Ooh, I have all these podcasts to catch up on if you're in the mm-hmm. mood again. Oh, sorry. One more. That's very important to me. Still processing. Mm-hmm. That one was like, Oh, yeah. So great. And it's not on all the time. So that's why it's like not on top of mind for me, but yeah. Right. What else do you consider self care in your, in your day to day? Like since we've last talked to you, you've had a child. You've been working on a variety of different writing projects, including your new book. What's kind of like top of your self-care list right now? So obviously I thought about this before this interview, and I've been thinking about this a lot because I think it's something I discovered in therapy, which is mm. especially after having a baby, but in the pandemic too, more than anything, every single day, I will always make time for no matter what, talking to my friends. So whether that's, you know, we have a group chat sometimes and whether it's chatting online or I have online friends in a Slack or seeing them in person, I just, or just, you know, DM group DMs. Like I just need that interaction there kind of low key consistently every day. So I think it's because I'm an extrovert, but I also just really need my friends in a way that I don't know. It's just really good for my mental health. Do you, how, sorry, I have a, I have a logistical question about this. <laughs> um, how do you find Slack as a means of keeping in touch with friends? It's actually amazing. So I have a group of author friends that I met kind of just a lot of them. I have never even met in real life. Um, but we started a Slack, I don't even know, like seven years ago now. And, um, it's, then I started one during the pandemic with a bunch of like 
publishing and author related people who had babies in 2020, like I did. Mm. Cause I realized like all of us were like suffering, you know, I'm reading everybody's like Instagram, like stories where we're all complaining and we're all like going through it. So I'm like, why don't I bring us together in a Slack? Uh, so I have a mom Slack and I've got this author friend Slack and I've used it for work purposes too, but for friendship, it's amazing. But it's kind of like I try to do it with my college friends who are not tech savvy people. And it just bombed because I was like, <laughs> they just don't get it. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I have a few like random friend slacks, but WhatsApp has kind of become my like friend where I'm congregating with groups for some reason. So we're just going to take a short break and we will be right back. You know, one thing I think is really kind of interesting about skin, my skin, but all skin, is that like, what it needs now in my 40s is not what I needed in my 30s. Totally. Definitely not what I needed in my 20s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, how are you supposed to know what your skin needs? It's hard. It's hard to know. Especially when there's just like so many products out there. The overwhelm is real. It's a struggle to even know how to get the results you want, what products to start with. This is why we're super excited to partner with Apostrophe. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed medications that are clinically proven to help. I have used Apostrophe. I love it. They will pair you with a board-certified dermatologist who literally creates a personalized treatment plan for your skin. I have done this a few times now. It is so easy to do their online consultation. You upload photos. And like within a few weeks, I had done a consultation and received my treatment plan and my product. Amazing. And that is how I became a Tretinoin gal. I love the Tretinoin that they sent me. I love their sunscreen. Both products have been amazing on my skin. And you, Forever 35 listeners, can get a special deal from Apostrophe. You can get your first visit for only $5.00. That's at apostrophe.com slash forever35 when you use our code forever35. Now that is a savings of $15. I like that. This code is only available to Forever 35 listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash forever35 and click get started. And then use our code forever35 at sign up and you will get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. I am the first to admit that gift giving is not easy for everyone. It's taken me a long time to become like a halfway decent gift giver. But what I have learned is that the best way to win the gift giving game is to gift memories. Ooh. And you know how you do that, Kate? I'm I'm ready. I'm listening. The Aura digital Mm -hmm. frame Mm -hmm. preloaded with decades of family photos. We have gifted this to many people. And when you gift this, your family will love looking back on childhood memories and seeing what you're up to today. Even better, with unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app, you can keep updating the frame with new photos. So it's really the gift that keeps on giving. It's super easy to set up. It takes literally two minutes. You download the app. You set up the Wi-Fi. Boom. Boom. You're good to go. Yep. We have given this to my parents. We've given Mm -hmm. this to Matt's parents. Mm -hmm. Same, same. 
it's so easy because you can add photos from the app like anytime you want. And also like my brother has the app so he can add photos from his family. My sister has the app so she can add photos. My parents also have it. So they also add their own photos. That is one of the coolest parts I think of the Aura Frame is that everybody can contribute. Yes. I love that about uh, we have two aura frames in our house i have Ooh. one in my office and yeah and one in our family room and do my they kids have, love do it do they have the same pictures on them no they have different pictures <gasps> Ooh, mm-hmm. oh that's interesting maybe i should get one from my office i'm looking at a picture of my in, children right now right interesting mm-hmm. hmm. putting that away for later store that Yes. Uh, The Aura app lets you share photos more securely than with email, which is what many other digital frames require. And also then you're not taking up your email storage. So win-win. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Forever 35 listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code forever35 at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, look, I don't know about you, but when I hold on to some negative feelings, it really starts to impact my day to day. I get a little snippy and short with the people in my life. Things start to really feel overwhelming. And look, it's just generally not great for me or for the people that I am interacting with. And I do find that my time in therapy is a real safe space to get those things off my chest and figure out how to work on and work through things that are weighing on me Mm. or maybe weighing on you. For example, like I have actually really been working on mindfulness in therapy Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Easier said than done, but that's the work, right? Like just learning about kind of like really creating a breathing practice and paying attention to my physical body and my feelings. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and to learn productive coping skills. If you're thinking about trying therapy, Try BetterHelp. It's convenient and accessible anywhere because it is 100% online. All it takes to get started is filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you're not vibing with the therapist, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Forever35 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Forever35. I think it's safe to say that we have suffered through bras. We've been uncomfortable in them. We've devoted whole episodes to finding good ones. But I'm here to say enough is enough. 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 I mean, Dory, have I ever told you? Have I ever told you what I did in college when I needed a bra to wear with a fancy dress? What? I cut the top of pantyhose and then I duct taped that to my chest. Oh. Sounds uncomfortable. Because <laughs> I, I didn't have honey love when I was in college. No. Well, we are here to say no more being uncomfortable. With no. Honey, no. With Honey Love's bras, you will wonder why it took so long to make something so comfortable and so supportive. There's no underwire, but through some kind of wonderful magic, they managed to not sacrifice lift. All while making it in a fabric that's so comfortable, you barely know it's there. Especially the crossover bra. I wear one of these almost every day. I'm wearing one right now. 
because it's so comfortable and it easily fits into my life. But if you like a breathable and versatile legging, Honeylove has you covered on that front too. Plus, they have tanks, shapewear, and their V-bra that has molded cups still without the underwire to keep you from getting that dreaded uniboob effect other more relaxed bras tend to give you. So treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we send you. Treat yourself to Honeylove because you deserve it. Okay, I I wanted to talk about throwback because I I feel the buzz building. And I'm really excited for you. But yeah, bees in the background. I'm excited for you as a friend and a reader and a fan of your work. And I just think this is such a very cool book that people are going to love. So could you tell us and our listeners? I hate to say, like, give us the logline elevator pitch, but tell us what Throwback is about. And and can you dig in a little bit to your own like kind of personal inspiration for the book? Yes, of course. Um, first of all, thank you. I, I'm like nervous. I'm feeling so anxious right now. You guys caught me in like a very like anxiety spiral. You know, every, you guys know the pre-pub period. Everyone's yeah. like, it's almost like... I think when you're pregnant, you kind of get this too, where people are like, aren't you so excited? And yeah. I don't blame them. Of course you think I'm excited, but you want to be like, actually, no, I want to die. Yes. Um, that's a, that's like the perfect way of describing <laughs> it where <laughs> so many people are excited for you and they yeah. want, they think you're excited, but truly you just want to like dig a hole and crawl into it forever. I know. And I'm always honest. I'm always like, oh, no, I'm actually really stressed. And then you just watch their faces fall because they just want to be happy for you. And I'm like, no, but thank you. Um, yeah. So, well, throwback, you know, I just have a lot of high hopes for this book. I hope it does well. I have a new publisher and new agent and everything. So it's kind of like a refresh for me mm-hmm. for my author life. Um, so, you know, just low pressure stakes. <laughs> um <laughs> Anyways, throwback. It is a very, it's a book that's been a long time in the making because it is my big mother daughter book. Mm. And the most fraught relationship of my teen years was with my mother. And Mm. it took me, you know, I'm 40 now, took me like decades of self reflection and growing up and now years of therapy to like really understand where my mom was coming from. And I, honestly have nothing but empathy for my mom at that time. She was like my age, if I think about it, when I was having these horrible fights with her. And so um, when I was writing Throwback, I thought, okay, what if I could give teenage me a shortcut to those mm-hmm. decades that it took me to understand my mom? Like what a world of difference it would have made in our relationship. And obviously I love Back to the Future. It's one of my favorite movies. And it is also, I love time travel. It's one of my favorite genres, especially like a time travel romance, actually. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to tell this heavy mother-daughter thing that I'm kind of bracing myself to delve into through this fun package of time travel. And it was really like the story came out pretty easily from there. And, um, you know, it's, it's obviously hijinks because there's, uh, 90s basically she so sam king 
does not get along with her mom. She's like total Gen Z cool girl. And then her mom is kind of this like striving, um, I call her like Korean Gwyneth Paltrow, like, you know, kind of a bougie, a very assimilated American, Korean American. And so she goes back in time after and a fight. And she's Gen X to be, she's, like, to yeah, be clear. Yeah, her mom is Gen X. Yeah. yeah. Which, you, you know, you. I made her purposely at least three years older than me. So, um, just to save my own sanity. Um, and Um, she goes back to 1995 and she has to go to high school with her mom and figure, figure out their stuff. Um, so yeah, that was a fun exercise for me in revisiting the nineties and, but also really kind of getting into, you know, I wrote this in 2020, like I said, and it was, I started it before the pandemic, before I was pregnant and I finished it you know, two years into the pandemic with a baby. So I became a mom when I wrote this and it was just, uh, it kind of changed the trajectory of the book. It became very much, what does it mean to be American? You know, I read Kathy Park Hong's minor feelings during the, during the process and kind of shifted my, my view of the American dream and watching America kind of go down in flames and all the Asian hate crimes and everything. It was just kind of like a sobering, reality to write this book in that at at first was very like optimistic about, you Mm. know, the further, you know, the American dream is passed down, but I was like, you know, why, um, are there, what are the benefits and also the downsides to being further removed from that immigrant experience? Like what, what do you as like a third generation kid benefit from, you know, and what also, how much of your culture do you lose along the way? So it became like a lot more uh, heavy, you know, as I wrote it, but I still think it's a fun, you know, from what I hear, it's a fun, fast read. Um, I mean, I, I also loved it and oh, you, 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 well, I am almost exactly Priscilla's age. I think she's a year older than me. And mm-hmm. there was so much in there of, like seeing the nineties through a Gen Zer's eyes yes. <laughs> was really, it was amazing. And I just loved how, you know, <laughs> at one point I think Sam is like, I realized like, I'm not going to be able to just like teach feminism to my mom in 1995. <laughs> like this is just not happening. Um, but just, I think for Sam, like seeing that context of, the world that her mom kind of grew up in um, is so important. And also I loved how you portrayed the mom who is second generation as like just wanting to assimilate. And, you know, there's the opening scene of your book where they're trying to get into this like white country club. And then Sam who's third generation, like almost like looks down on her mom for not wanting to be more Korean. Um, so I thought you did that so beautifully. Uh, and I was hoping you could talk a little bit about how, how you wrote that and, and what it, what those, what writing those characters kind of brought up for you, um, as a Korean American. Yeah. So, I mean, thank you, Dory. Um, it, I didn't, okay. So everyone always thinks I, I relate to Priscilla more than Sam. and. Priscilla's relationship to her mother I, is more realistic to me and my mom, obviously, because my mom was an immigrant. Priscilla's mom was an immigrant. Um, 
But as far as like mental, uh, their connection to their identity as Korean American, I, I way more relate to Sam because I grew mm-hmm. up that little micro generation between me and Priscilla actually is a big one for yeah. Asian Americans, I think, because she's the same age as like my older cousins who also grew up in the same city as me. So this city that throwback is, it's like a fictional version of the town I grew up in. And by the time I went to high school, I was like, my school is so diverse. Mm-hmm. I, there were like five white kids at my high school. And most of us were kids of immigrants. A lot of us were Asian American. And um, whereas I remember the older kids, like my neighbor who, who babysat me, my cousins, like they dealt with a lot of racist shit. And they were really, you know, they felt so, they felt like such outsiders. Mm. Um, they had to have those experiences that Priscilla has. Like, and I obviously, so that's how I went into it. Like, I'm way more Korean, you know, like I embrace mm. it. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I couldn't really relate to Priscilla. But as I started writing the book and I had to kind of go back into my own memories of all the microaggressions, Mm. You know, and so there's like a racist teacher in this book, totally based on her name is very similar um, to the real teacher. Mm. That was such a racist biatch, you know, and mm. like, I, I remember as a teen, you just like, we would just call her, oh, that racist old hag and like, laugh it off. But you know, then I'm like, 41 reliving this. And I'm like, yeah, that was awful. And so yeah. having to yeah. kind of go back and remember it. I realized, oh, okay, it wasn't as easy as I thought it was. Mm. You know, I have this like rosy view of like, I grew up in this super multicultural um, high school. I didn't deal with this stuff, but it was there, you know, and I didn't yeah. really, I haven't really thought about that in so long. So it was very interesting to go back into that, into those memories and into that headspace and kind of draw from my own you know, trauma is a bit of a strong word, but it is pretty traumatic. Yeah. You know? I think it, I think it fits. Yeah. Did, have you, like, what's your mom's understanding of the book? Like, I know there's always this question, like, did you, have your parents read your book? And if you have parents, uh, and, but like, I think specifically when it becomes about the relationship, even when it's fiction, people always ask, but I'm, I'm curious, like, how does your mom feel in general just about you writing about these relationships, the kind of maternal mother-daughter uh, relationship and and both the bond and also how fucking fraught it can be? That is a very good question because it's really complicated. I, yeah. I, my mom is really proud of me, you know, and she supports me. So she's going to show up to my book launch with her book club. which is very sweet, but also makes me so nervous. I'm like, Oh no. Okay. Here we go. They're going to like really understand, like I'm writing about my mom here. And you know, this book, I don't mind when people ask me because I clearly say this was really coming from my own issues with my mother. And I had to unpack it writing this book. I mean, I think it's more of a universal story about mothers and daughters, but obviously stemming inspired by my own. And my mom is not a reader. This is the funniest thing ever. So she just, she always says, I hated reading growing up. She hates writing. My mom was a journalist. So I was like, you hated reading and writing. Okay. <laughs> wow. My mom is really like a math whiz. She's like, um, mm. totally like 
a, a math genius. And so interesting. it was funny to me. She started off as a journalist in Korea and then she came here and she eventually became like a bank executive, which is way more actually my, my mom's speed. But, um, so she doesn't like to read and she goes through my books, but she reads them, you know, she's, and my dad is not, a, my dad is the reader. He will not read my books because my dad is, is so complicated. My dad is like, I love him and he's, he cares about me in so many ways, but he has a lot of trouble with like emotions. And so I don't mm-hmm. think he can face reading my books. is too vulnerable or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, it's just sure. too, uh, he would have to face his feelings about his yeah. daughter writing books, I think. Ooh. And my mom knows this is a mother daughter book. I think I mentioned it to her. Um, and my first book since you asked was very autobiographical. It was about our family essentially. And so my mom had made a joke like, Oh gosh, she's, you know, all of our stuff has come out, but my mom would never say, don't write about it. Mm. She would never make me feel bad about it. So for all of my moms, she's a very anxious person. She and I are very combative with each other. She can be very critical, but like she has always supported me. I think she's always like, she's always had confidence in me and the things that I like to do. She's always been like, okay, you know, they let me go to grad school to study publishing in Boston. Like they're like, what? All right. You know, they don't get any of it, but they're like, okay, if you say so, you want to write books. Okay. Um, but now that I'm there, you know, she's, she's very supportive. She's very proud, but we don't sit there and like unpack what I wrote about and then discuss our feelings. That is like never going to happen. Um, unless we're fighting some, you know, and then she comes out and says, I'm not in your book. Like I can see that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're not going to like get all real about it. Cause I talk about my feelings so freely with everybody, but my family, it's, it's one of those things. I think that's a very common thing actually. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of you that just like a light bulbs are going off as you say that. Um, yeah. It's so interesting, Ooh. right? Uh, Yes, yeah. lots. This is I. I've only scratched the surface of this topic in therapy. <laughs> I mean, I mean people, people are in therapy for decades, still talking about this stuff. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> makes sense. Um, but it is interesting. Marie, okay, anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Dory. No, I was just going to say the last time that I saw you, we were talking about how. Um, you know, we were talking about product recall and you were saying like, we just thought it would be fun for you to talk about some of the nineties products or aughts or eighties or whatever, um, that you were very into. I'd love to hear if there's one or two that like really stick out to you as like iconic products. Um, yes. Bath and Body Works lotions, sparkling pear scent. Mm. do you guys remember i wonder if bath and body works was that big in your side of the i had i had yes it it was a little bit later but i remember the pear fragrance being at victoria's secret like i remember everybody no i think there's i think there's like more but i just remember victoria's secret like there was a fragrance moment like my junior and senior year of high school where we were all dousing ourselves in this fucking pear smell i know and we probably you know it smells good in the bottle but i remember smelling it on one of my friends and being like oh my god like it smelled like rotting fruit on her body (laughs) because you know like it just didn't gel with her body chemistry and i remember thinking like maybe 
all of us are making a mistake. Um, and then the other product, it's not really from my teen years, but when I was like in elementary school, all the rage was soft lips chapstick, that skinny mm. little tube. Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. Yes. yes. Remember? Oh my God. Yes. It's like a skinny tube and you just felt like it was so cool and classy. Yes. Um, yeah, those were two really iconic. And then, of course, middle school, all the girls wore sunflowers perfume. Oh, yes. By, um, and I mentioned sunflowers in the book, so I'm like, I have to. That is the scent of 1995. Um, but I never got to wear it because my mom was like, over my dead body, are you allowed to wear perfume? You know? Um, so. <laughs> oh, wait. So this is so interesting because I had, I wanted to ask you if you remember your first fragrance and if you had like a fragrance as a, as a young person. But that was, that was, your mom was like, no, that no. was the line and in the sand. And my mom said, and my mom was like, and you know, you can't wear perfume because I will smell it when you get home. So you can't even sneak it. And I was like, God damn it. Wow. So yeah, I, I didn't wear it. I, I think there's just, you know, some weird puritanical views she had about perfume. Um, and so I didn't get to wear perfume. I think in college I was wearing the Versace, um, it makes me sound fancy. Like I got a Versace perfume in college, but I feel like when you're young, the only fancy thing you could get was perfume. Cause mm-hmm. it was like, all right, I can get the Versace perfume. Yeah. It was bright star or what was it called? Dark star. Um, but basically I only wore perfumes that my friends wore. Cause I didn't understand scents, And I still have that identity crisis. I don't have a signature scent. I don't know what I like. And so I have like three perfumes and I just stare at them every day on my dresser like, mm. <laughs> I can't tell if they smell good, you know, on me. Um, so I feel like that's like one thing where I'm very sure of myself as a person and my taste, but with perfume, I'm very confused. Did your mom wear perfume? No. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. I had no perfume influencers. My like really... Um, very feminine, fancy, like Persian best friends in college. They wore the best perfumes and they always smelled delicious, but I would try to copy them and I felt like just didn't work, you know? Um, so yeah, that's really funny. I remember Elizabeth Arden, like sunflowers was it. Yeah, I remember. That was a big one for me in high school. I didn't have it, but I can remember it. But my mom was a big perfume wearer, which is why I think scents are so like important to me. I don't know how to explain it, but like I can still smell like hugging my mom before she would go out and she wore Cristal by Chanel and she was not especially fancy and we didn't have like a big budget for perfume. Like I don't know where that came from, but she had like a few items that were just like so, I don't know, like so fancy and exciting for me. I just, I can still remember that smell. Then I tried to buy it and I was like dry heaving. It's such a strong scent. I know. I also don't think I know how much perfume to put on and like where. And you know, some people just smell like the perfect amount of scent when you hug them. You're like, oh, you smell so good. Yep. Um, And I've asked my husband so many times, like, what do I smell like? Please just tell me. (laughs) And he's like, you have the best smell, which is nothing. Like you smell like nothing. And I'm like, no, I want to smell like, I just want to have like a scent that people just know me. And he's like, why? (laughs) You should be glad you don't smell bad. And you just like smell like nothing. It's the best smell. You want a signature scent. Yeah. I know, Kate, I was like, I should ask Kate about which perfume to get because you were like kind of an expert. But I think it's so individual. Like I don't, scent is so particular. 
You know, like Dory and I very, very, like we have very different opinions on smells. And I think Dory and I have similar tastes about other things, but like you really have a stronger reaction, Dory. And I love the way things, certain things smell. And I just think it's, it's like, you gotta have to, it just has to be for you. Kate, I will tell you though, um, today I have my Montecito, my Jenny Kane Montecito candle underneath on my, with my candle warmer. And I really feel like I'm at your house. (laughs) Oh, that is touching that you identify that with my house because cucumbery mint candles is all I want people to yeah, think it's I the smell mint. like. The mint is like very dominant on the on the Montecito it is. candle. You don't think you're going to love the scent of mint, but then it's like yeah, all I want to really do is smell nice. mint. Yeah. yeah, Because of you guys though, actually, I went to a Jenny Kane store and I sniffed all of their candles <gasps> because I was like, oh my gosh, Forever okay. 35 is always talking about these Jenny Kane candles. So I like sniffed all of them and they do smell so effing good. They're they really do. nice. Like yeah. I, I legit do. <laughs> yeah, they, they sponsor the pod. Uh, so like but like, yeah, that's how we've had access to the candles. I think I would have found them anyway and become obsessed with them anyway. I, I paid attention to all your guys' scent talks. I remember you talked about um, the hotel hotel candle too, and I was interested in that. Oh, I'll f- I'll find this for you. This yeah. I smelled at an Airbnb, and I like went nuts. It's and not. I've also tried to, the cozy whatever <gasps> one from Target. Yeah, cozy. Because oh, cozy nights. Cozy nights mm-hmm. is yeah, a good cozy one. Nights. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I love a smell. I love, I a, smell. love a smell. <laughs> I do. And I know oftentimes then we'll get these like, well, I'll read something or it's like candles are admitting all these toxic poisons into your air. And I'm like, you know what? So is traffic on the highway that's one mile from my house. Like I think I'm just I gonna know. have to we have accept to, like, the candle. Pick our, yeah, come on. Let us live a little bit. It's also like the mattress you sleep on is killing you too. Everything. So it's like, oh my God, all right. Everything. Well, might as well light a nice candle. Thank you, Maureen. Thank you for that permission. (laughs) Okay, well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Maureen, I wanted to just raise a product uh, in front of the camera, which is this Sisley mm -hmm. lip pencil. I think you recommended this the first time you were a guest on the show. I went out and bought it. I love it. I still use it, which means this is probably like three to five years old. 
what are like your current go-to makeup, skincare, whatever prods? Are you into like, are you leaning into prods? Are you leaning away? Where is like, what's the Maureen Goo experience right now? (laughs) Um, yes, I also use that Sicily. I just wore it last night for a it's book really event. Great. It's really great. Yeah, it's just so moisture. I think you and I talk about this that we're not great with like actual lipstick. Mm-mm. It has to be really moisturizing and light. Um, I think real lipstick just looks bad on me, but you know, mm-hmm. it could just be my own, you know, whatever. Um, negative self talk. But um, I'm also like you trying to streamline my um, products because. I truly can't tell what these things are doing. And um, I talked to, basically, I've listened to you guys a lot for info. And then I've talked to um, my facialist. And the only thing that is like proven to actually work with all this anti-aging stuff is retinol, right? So um, my face tolerates retinol really well. It's something I discovered when I had um, acne and we used just like a pure retinol. And it was like, magic. It literally got rid of any kind of cystic acne I had and um wow. My skin had no sensitivity to it. So, I got the SkinCeuticals uh retinol night cream that you guys mm. have recommended several mm-hmm. times, the 0.3%, I believe, mm-hmm. just as a starter. So, I got rid of basically I got rid of my um lactic acid the lactic acid serum I was doing, the peptide serum I was doing. Um, and I'm going to just try this one. Um, and I use it with a really good moisturizer. Um, the Ren moisturizer that I've talked about with Dory. Oh yes. Oh, I need to try so more good. Ren. It is so good because I just, I don't think I knew, I underestimated how dry my skin was. I always yeah. just thought, yeah, I have dry skin, but I needed something heavy duty and like really smear it on. And this stuff, it, Feels like Vaseline, but it like literally melts into your face. And mm, I, I like think both all, those things. Yes. And I think that between moisturizing and a ton of sunblock, like my skin is just a billion times better than even like five years ago. So I use a cleanser, the Drunk Elephant, the jelly cleanser, because it takes mm-hmm. off my makeup really well and it's not too crazy. I need to talk more about soft lips. I'm like reeling right now. I haven't thought about these fucking soft lips. And this is like, it's like looking That's at high school. so funny. Oh my God. It's like has me shaken. I haven't thought about this product in so <laughs> Isn't long. Isn't it so funny how like certain things are cool girl things and that soft lips bottle was, that I, I remember was cool. They dried out my lip. Like I, I remember them. I didn't, they yeah, they're even, not great. No, but oh God, we all had soft lips. Okay. Sorry, Maureen. You were saying about drunk yes, elephant cleanser. Yes, so drunk elephant um, so the cleanser is really good to take off my makeup and it feels light. And then I use a toner, which I mentioned last time and I still use it. It's Be The Skin Toner, Power Toner, I think. Um, it's a Korean brand. And then I use Kremer Lab Essence. Because mm-hmm. I'm Korean, I just cannot nix out the essence from my life. I just feel like, I, I feel like I can't prove it's doing anything, but if I stop, <laughs> taking it, something might happen to me. Um, and so I use that and then I'm doing the retinol with the cream. And then during the day, I just wash my face with water and then I put on, if it's dry, then I put on some moisturizer and then my sunblock. Otherwise I just uh, put on sunblock. So that is it for like skincare, um, makeup. Okay. So again, makeup is one of those things kind of like fragrance where I feel like I don't, I don't quite know makeup very well. And so I just use a bare minimum. Like I'm not wearing any right now, but usually I do my eyebrows. 
Um, and you know, do you guys feel like with age, your eyebrows are disappearing? I mean, I feel like my eyebrows never truly recovered from the nineties. Oh, me too. And I mean, I would not have a ton of eyebrows. Like, I, I I wouldn't have a lot of eyebrows anyway. But I feel like what little eyebrows I had, I I did not do them any. <laughs> I did them a real disservice. I'll say. <laughs> I know, same. And I remember my mom was like on me for plucking them, and I was like, "You don't know anything." And now I have real regrets. So I do. I use like a brow brush. Like sometimes I use mm. boy brows. Sometimes I use um, the Benefit brow. I forget what it's called. Um, their brow brush and then I fill it in with like a powder Anastasia powder stuff I'm trying to find the elusive um, permanent semi-permanent makeup to fix my eyebrows but I'm I'm too scared to microblade mm. I do think microblading is good for Asian eyebrows because we have like the sparse eyebrows and like they it's so like precise at drawing each little hair which is mm. what I need but I am scared to do that and there are other processes that I have to look into because I do this every day and I hate it. You know, it's just so much time. Yeah. And they always, you know, some days I'm like, yes, I did it. And some days I'm like, oh my God, I look insane, but whatever. <laughs> and that feeling where you're like, I am, I have so, like, so much eyebrow happening yes, right it's now. It's just like, what happened? Um, and then I usually, uh, sometimes I put on the Glossier, Glossier uh, skin tint. Mm. Um, so basically my goal in life was to get my skin to a place where I didn't need to wear any kind of foundation. They feel good in public and I have reached that goal. Mm. Um, so I'm really glad not to say my skin looks perfect, but I'm just kind of like done caring about it. You know, I'm like, yeah. okay, I, it's good enough. Yeah. Um, so I use that if I need to. And then I use concealer on my dark spots cause I have a lot of like age spots. That's like a thing that Asian women often get. Um, I use concealer and that's the how do you pronounce it? The Claude du Oh, my God. I hate pronouncing French stuff in public, but yes, that's <laughs> something like that. That is the best concealer for, uh, you know, I don't know about under eye cause I don't use under eye, but like that is the best for dark spots. Zits. I can't even, um, that one little tube lasts for years too. And then I use blush. I use that cream stick blush that you guys recommended. Um, it comes in that like grayish tube. I'm so okay. bad. I don't remember the names of any of my few. stuff. <laughs> there's Elia. Um, there's the Westman Atelier that I use, I think. That's that is I the have. one. That's is that the one? one? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love I that like thing. Cream that blush. stuff is expensive, cream blush, yeah. but I love it. Yeah, it was expensive, but it's. I think it's worth it because it's the one thing that like makes me feel better about my life when I have blush on. <laughs> and then I used to always do a cat eye with liquid liner because I just feel very self-conscious of my eyes getting like, you know, just like kind of sagging and disappearing from my face. But I actually just had to give in and realize that I am an eyelash extensions kind of gal. Ooh, it makes whoa. me feel better about my okay. life. I just Wait look- a second. 10 Talk billion times better. Let's just be real. I just look better with eyelash extensions. <laughs> okay. So no, wait, is this, you're going to a place and getting them done? Yeah. And I, so nice. I used to go to like various different women, you know, trying to find the right one. And then I found out that my, my, one of my best friends, little sister, she does it and she's great. And so she does it right out of like Highland Park, which is close to me. And now, so this is like almost a month in. So I've lost a lot oh, of them, wow, but they it look still great. looks better than like if I didn't have them. Um, so they just open up my eyes and make me feel, and I don't have to wear the liquid eyeliner. It kind of mm. does that job for me. It's also just like, I don't have to 
do the precision of a cat eye every day, which is really nice. So can I ask a question is, about the yeah, eyelash extensions? Do they yes. stay on? Like you wash your face, you take your makeup off. They're, are, yes, they're just on for a while. But you do have to be careful. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I can totally get some people would never have the patience for them and I don't blame them. Um, but I, my vanity wins the day. So I'm like, I will do anything to have these eyelashes. So I do, I sleep on my side and sometimes they get a little crunchy, but you just brush them out. I wash around them. And if I do wear eye makeup, I just like very carefully use an oil free eye makeup remover and a mm. Q-tip. Um, just be gentle. Cause if you're not, then they'll just like pop off. Um, and, but I, and I also don't close my eyes and like scrub my face. I just mm-hmm. like kind of wash like around my face. So it is like a little bit of a adjustment. Um, but for me, it's like, it's very much worth it. And I think some people can't tolerate how it feels. Um, cause mm. you can kind of feel them. But for me, after the first couple of days, I don't feel them anymore. Yeah. Mm. I really, I've never but had you know, them. you guys have eyelashes. If I had even like uh, a tenth of the eyelashes that you have, Kate, then I would not do this at all. But, oh, you know what's great? If you do have eyelashes and you don't like putting on eye makeup and curling them every day is the lift, um, lift mm. and tint. <gasps> I've always that wanted to do total- one of those. Kate, do it. And Dory, do Dude. it because it's just, it's like, <laughs> I've done, it I've done forever. a lift. I've done, I've done the lift. Do you have a Would recommendation like of where I can go for my lift? I've, I've truly yes, always my wanted to do this. Gal. Oh my God. Thank yes, you. Okay. Go to her. She did a great, so she did it on me. Cause I was like, let's just try it in case it, and I, it was like, Oh my God, I do have eyelashes, but I would still rather pay a little more to get like, more bang for my buck, which is yeah. extensions for me. But if I had even just a little more eyelashes and they're a little longer, I would just do the tint and lift. I've become mm-hmm. like a real fan of semi-permanent makeup. I've discovered. I am fascinated by semi-permanent makeup. I've never dabbled, but I have a lot of friends, especially with the microblading or like a permanent eyeliner. Like mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends who have done it, who really like swear by it and it looks fantastic and i have tattoos yeah. so i don't know why the the, per, the semi-permanent <laughs> makeup part scares me more i don't know what that is about it's my uh, own shit yeah i think like at first i was very hesitant because you know it's your face and you don't want to mess it up but like it's gotten so good um and also it's just like time for me i'm like i spent too much time trying to draw these eyebrows and yeah trying to make my eyes look you know a certain way and i'm like let me just let me just, you know, like I wouldn't do lips because that kind of scares me a little bit. Mm-hmm. That like, it's that like pigment in your lips, but maybe, I mean, I bet people do it. And it looks great. Interesting. Interesting. People weigh in. Leave us a message. <laughs> I yeah, want to know me more. About, like, I bet a lot of people have a good, good positive eyebrow stories that they'll, they'll inspire me. Yeah. If we find you, if we find you some eyebrow people in LA, we'll send them your way. Yes, please. <laughs> well, Maureen, we're so excited for everybody to get their hands on Throwback. It's out April 11th. So that will be next week at the time of this recording. Ooh. Where can our listeners find you, follow you, support you, enjoy you? Where are all the places? <laughs> um, you can enjoy me on Instagram, probably the most, at Maureen Goo. Same with Twitter. I mean, Twitter is mostly just where I post news. Also at Moringu. 
And then recently I have delved into TikTok and I'm okay. also on TikTok at Maureen Goo. And there's my website, MaureenGoo.com. Well, Maureen, this has been a delight. You're the best. You're the best. I hope everyone listening buys your book because it is truly so delightful. Thank Thank you you for writing it. We love you. (laughs) I love you guys. Obviously, I listen to you three times a week. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Bye. Bye. I just wanted to say like one thing that Maureen represents to me is a person that I, a friendship that I have made and cultivated as an adult. Like I think I can even remember the first time like Maureen and I went out and got lunch. I'm not even sure we must have become friends online. I'm not even sure how I, if I remember this, but I think like, it's so interesting to me to look back and see how I make friends now as a grown up, as opposed to some of these friends I've had for like 30 or 30 years that I like first befriended when I was like 12 and wearing mm. Doc Martens. I guess mm-hmm. I'm still wearing Doc Martens, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. And I met Maureen through you. So thank you for bringing Maureen into my life. Look, it's a pleasure and an honor. That's all I'm going to say. <sighs> well, uh, Dory, As mentioned, while I was on the mule in the Grand Canyon, you were texting and a lot of the texts that were coming through were about sneakers because you have been on a hunt for sneakers. And your intention last week was to maybe get some shoes that fit. Did you succeed? I did. I did succeed. Um, I now have some sneakers. I have a pair of clogs. Very comfortable. They're so cute. I'm obsessed with them. And I I didn't want to say this like right away, but I think I'm going to copy you and get them. Honestly, you should because I think I'm going to mention them in my newsletter and then they'll be sold out. Okay. Seriously, I'm going to order them now because they're so chic. I love... I love the look also, of them. It's the thing where like you see something and then you start seeing it everywhere. But I have since started seeing very similar clogs on like on all these like cool websites and i'm like mm-hmm. okay all right anyway they are they are platform they're black leather platform clogs that are very reminiscent of the birkenstock boston shoe kind of shape wise but real listeners of this pod know that i cannot wear birkenstocks because of my weird toes <laughs> Dory's toes are all the same length. And so I've tried the Boston clogs and they do not work for me. These do. They are made by Fit Flop, which is a brand that in my head made like ugly thong sandals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But seems to have had like a, a new designer in the last couple of years because they have a few very cute shoes. Um, and I should also say I was originally turned on to flip flop fit flops. I believe it was the G Thanks Facebook group. Someone was asking for slipper recommendations. Oh. And someone posted a link to a pair of fit flops and I bought them in a felt. And I'm actually wearing them right now. They are, it's the same style. Um, but now I have the sort of like, fancier wear out of the house version. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're comfy, you say. 
They're so comfortable. Oh, Kate, they're so comfortable. I went for a walk in them yesterday. I can wear them barefoot. Like, I cannot say enough good things about these shoes. Well, I just, full disclosure, I'm on the website now looking them up. And uh, our sponsor, Rakuten, popped right up for me. So... Oh, hello. Get a little percentage back with old Rakuten. Yeah. Always a good deal. Kate, I see that they have your size. Yes. Don't worry. Yes. I'm getting them. Trust me. I am literally multitasking (laughs) as only an ADD or can entering in my delivery details as we speak, Dory. The tan are kind of cute too. They are cute, but I'm going for black to start. You got to start. You got to start. Starting with a classic black. Okay. Well, what's on the docket for this week? Well, Kate, as discussed, I am going to the Big Apple, the city that never sleeps. New York, New York Mm. with my child. And we're only going to actually be in New York for like two and a half days. It's a very short trip. Um, But I'm excited. And I, but I also want to just like be in the moment with him and like meet him where he is. And so I'm trying not to like try to shove like 50,000 things into one day. Because he's he's not even four, and like it, that's just not going to happen. Um, and he's going to be into stuff that like I don't even like. He's going to be excited to see the traffic lights. You know what I mean? Like, like he's there's so many trash trucks. Yes, in New there's York. so many like, trash, and we're going to be there on Trash Day of uh, where we're staying, which will be very exciting. He already asked when Trash Day is, so like also he's going to be like blown away that the trash just goes in bags on the sidewalk. Yeah, there's going to be so much for him. There's going to be so much. So I'm just, my intention this week is to just like, kind of like when you take a child to Disney World for the first time and you're really like seeing it through their eyes. (laughs) New York is like, like people feel about Disney World the way I feel about New York, I think. (laughs) People feel about Disney World the way you feel about New York. Like I love New York. Yes. But I'm, and I'm really excited to like see it through my child's eyes. And I think there's people who think about Disney in the same way. Got it. Way. I see. Yes. Do you see I what see I'm it. saying? I do. I do. And I think you're right. <laughs> um, not that New York is a theme park, of course, but I'm just like excited to like experience it with him. He, the last time he was there, he was eight months old. So it was a very oh, this different is great. experience. Yeah. This is great. Um, so that is my intention for this week. Kate. You had a Hello. similar intention last week, I will say. I did. I just wanted to be in the present on this family trip that we were on. And I think I was really able to do that. Um, and part of it was easy because the f- landscape is so incredible. And also my phone didn't work half the time. I had terrible service. So I was just all I could do was look at the world around me. But it was just like really awe-inspiring. So I think I'll check that one off. And this week, Dory, I have kind of started hyper fixating on like apps that can help me stay on top of things and stay organized. Um, I think almost anybody can relate to this urge, but I think especially if you are a fellow neuro D, as I like to call myself, you're always trying to figure out how to make your brain work, like how how mm. to make things work for you. This mm-hmm. has been a lifelong fucking, oh, pardon my language. <laughs> See, that listener got in my head. This has been a lifelong struggle for me and I'm only just now starting to kind of understand it through a new lens. Mm. Um, 
And I think I mentioned briefly that I had been trying out apps like Asana and Sunsama, uh, and neither of those really stuck. And so now I'm over on the Todoist app, seeing if that visually and like structurally works for me. Okay, this is probably a longer discussion for another pod, but I have recently started using a new system for my to-do list. And how can you even tease me with this info? And it is called the Notes app. On the iPhone? On the iPhone, and it syncs to my computer, and it syncs mm-hmm, to my mm-hmm, iPad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So wherever I, like the I notes am, app. I like the Notes app. I mm-hmm. just can use the old notes app. I just keep a running. It's a running to-do list. I just change the date on the top. Mm-hmm. It's a bulleted list. When I check things off, they go to the bottom and then I delete them and it just keeps regenerating. And you know what? This has been the most effective thing. That's so great. I'm so happy for you. I love, I like the notes app. I've tried many different apps. Yeah. I've tried paper planners. I've tried so many things. And I was like, you know what? This fucking notes app. It's it's just what I need. It's great. I I struggle. The only thing that I struggle with with the Notes app is color. Like I've I've realized that oh, I need, need color. color to stay organized. Um, which is one of the reasons Google Calendar works so well for me. Mm. And a lot of like Google Tasks doesn't have color, and mm. I've noticed the Notes app doesn't. So that's for my that's brain. I, but I think this is a fantastic. Sometimes the solution is. The easiest, not the easiest one, but like that's built in on all your products. It's already there. It's a great tool. Congratulations. Kate, I just realized there is a way to change the font color. (gasps) But can you do like different highlights for lists? I don't think you can do different highlights. I will say that's one thing I'm liking about Todoist is that everything is a different color and it really helps me. That's cool. See, See it. I don't know why my brain needs that. Do you? I don't know the science no, of that. No, I but don't know. It's very strange, I but know, I do. But brains Whew. need what they need. Brains are wild. Okay, look, Dory, let's end it here. Okay. Friends, Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Dory Schaffer and Kate Spencer, and it's produced and edited by Sam Junio. Sammy Reed is our project manager and our network partner is ACAST, and we will talk to you all later. Bye.